0: So kia ora. welcome everybody. Um, we've run quite a few artist talks now. They've tended to be on mostly on TLC staff or graduates, and this time I've got the wonderful opportunity to have Matt Gordy here. So welcome, Matt. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So excellent. So I, I hear that you've had a little bit of a connection with TLC students
1: of recent time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. I've been doing a um, a mural at um, Trentham Army Camp, and um, I've had the help of uh, uh, two or three, um, including uh, Elisa there, yeah. Um, people who have come and helped me um, on a volunteer basis, um, doing a big mural of some soldiers at uh, the front entrance way of Trenton Army Camp. But um, I thought I might just, um, if it's alright, just just introduce myself and, and just, you know, fill everyone in what I do and everything. Firstly, thanks very much for coming to listen to me talk and, and um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Matt Goldie. I do um, uh, work with the uh, Defence Force. I'm an official Defence Force artist. Um, I was the Army artist as well before, before that role. And I've been associated with the um, Army and New Zealand Defence Force for the last 10 years. Um, I um, work at a, a part-time basis for the, for the Army and Defence Force. And as you can see by the state of my face, I'm doing, I'm just Matt Goldie artist at the moment. And um, I end up um, obviously shaving and, and putting on a uniform and going to do official duties for um, NZDF at times as well, uh, which is the New Zealand Defence Force. So, and, and a lot of the artwork you'll see, oh, it wasn't the 70s, it was 1981. But a lot of the artwork that, I, that I, I do, you'll see the army popping up and you'll see me in uniform and you'll see me doing different things. It's a big part of my... Artistic and creative career that I've had, and um, so we'll be going through some of that too. These these photos that I've got are um, they kind of go all, all over the place. So we just going to do a random thing? Like yeah, that. we'll just let them play in the background, Matt. Okay, all right. Um, so what what happens is that um, you know they're not in any particular order, and it's um, I kind of like that because it sort of says a lot about the way that I've made a career as an artist. Um, and how I go about doing things. There's a lot of, of um, Jekyll and Hyde, you know, the, uh, Matt Goldie artist, um, doing nudes and, and doing whatever. Um, and then there's uh, Captain Matt Goldie doing official, you know, army stuff. And it's sort of, it's, it's, it's eclectic and that's how I do my, my art and my career. So also, it's fairly informal. I would like, um, if it's all right, to have some questions. If anyone has any questions throughout, the talk, please feel free to fire away and um, interrupt what I'm saying, um, because I would rather be talking about things that people want to hear rather than just um, waffling on about something. So um, I've got a lot of pictures here, um, probably a lot more than I needed, but it sort of gives you an idea about the kind of things that I do.
0: So Matt, you spoke of being the army artist, yeah. and there being the New Zealand Defence Force artist. Yes. What's the difference there?
1: Yeah. So one one role um, is uh, working for yeah, their traditional role as army artist, which is uh, the Peter McIntyre's and Russell Clark's and so forth of World War Two, um, and that's a role I had for six years. And um, so now I work for the parent company, which is um, NZDF. I work for the Department of um, of um, heritage uh, ceremony and protocol at Defence House, and uh, in my role as Defence Force artist, uh, that's supposed to sort of encompass the range of um, the services, mm. and it has in a way, but uh, most of the work that I seem to be doing is in build up towards the 100th of anniversary of World War One in Gallipoli, so uh, lots of commemorative type um, artworks and things which you will see um, as well. So. Um, and how how did yep. it
0: come about for you being the official army artist back? You said a decade ago.
1: Yeah. So it came about uh, just uh, being in the right place at the right time, as most things tend to be in life. I was uh, working as a um, I was I was involved with the New Zealand Academy of Fine Arts, the Academy Galleries down there in Queen's Wharf, and sort of volunteering to part of that council and the, the whole sort of thing um, at the time and. Uh, And I was exhibiting my works. I'd been out from art school for about seven years and and showing my works around different galleries around New Zealand and just quietly doing, you know, ticking over and trying to establish a career for myself. Uh, And then I was running into a guy who mentioned that, uh, hey, you know, did you hear there's a job wanted ad out for um, army artists and, you know, it'll be a bit like McIntyre and you get to travel and you get to do whatever and, um, you know, they approach different art institutions, um, academies, art schools, universities, whatever, you know, uh, to uh, for applications for that person. And um, and I, I was um, put forward by the president or the chairman at the time of the um, academy, it was Philip Markham at that time. And, uh, you know, I just went through the shortlist process and interviews and things like that and uh, had a big chat with um, Jury Matapurai, who was the Chief of Army at that that point. Of course, he's the Governor General now, and um, he he sort of was very interested to know about me, what what drove me as an artist, what my interests were, and uh, where I wanted to go and see myself, um, you know, in ten years. Um, And uh, from there, I was asked to go to um, the to go to Belgium and France, and uh, with the contingent going to get the remains of the Unknown Warrior to bring back to put in the national war. Um, national, what is it? The national, yeah. Anyway, in Wellington, national. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what they call that place. Anyway, the, where all the constructions? Yeah, where are yeah. all the constructions going on right now. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was a um, pretty cool um, opportunity. So I really wanted the job, and I did uh, seven big paintings that stretched for about nine meters. That's one of them. That's the um, yeah. That's collecting the. It's the second one of the series and uh, collecting the, the, um, the handover from the French to the New Zealand Defence Force, all the services there, and that's pretty much what the battlefields of the Somme looked like. It was kind of a whole lot of nothing, really, and a little monument in the middle. They were growing um, Swedes or some kind of um, crop to feed animals, and um, all the tractors dodging around all of the live ordnance and different things that were still there. It was crazy, and in, in, in the little farm roads in the corners you'd have big mounds of all these old weapons and bombs and grenades and God knows what, which are all live And the Belgium and France, um, bomb disposal people have to come and collect them. So it was, um, yeah, sitting there, and occasionally you have tractors just go up, you know, and, and just and plow over a bomb. Wow. So um, it's, a, it's a very um, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You'd think, geez, that's, a, that's dangerous. But um, it's a, um, you yeah, it's a, I guess it's a very uh, sacred place, those battlefields. And um, I felt, um, yeah, really honoured to be able to go there and do the, do the artwork. And anyway, from those seven paintings, I was asked to um, fill that position as army artist for mm. the next three years. And it's since rolled over and, and so forth and so forth, and I'm still involved now. And I remember seeing an
0: exhibition at the Academy of Fine Arts, which yep. had the array of the um, different army artists that we've had in time. Yes, and some of these paintings were part of that exhibition.
1: Yeah, these were they, they would have been, that was the first exhibition. At that time, the um, Army was um, having an exhibition every year of my works, and just it was compounding every year. it was uh, my quota was fifteen artworks a year for um, for the for the Army. Um, yeah so they, they had it there's some stuff I don't know if they had World War one they may have had but it was mainly um, McIntyre and mm. Russell Clark and um, Austin Dean's and uh, McIndoe. there's a, there's a and a, and a and a few others I can't quite remember at the moment too but and I remember seeing some of Peter McIntyre's
0: charcoal drawings and, hmm. and it made, put me as the viewer into that experience yeah and
1: so when I look at your works too, I imagine sort of what it was like to be part of these processes yeah well that's that's uh, I mean, obviously McIntyre was, is, is, was and is still a hero of mine, somebody that I have um, you know, a lot of respect for, mainly after trying in my own way to go into battlefields and paint the life um, as a soldier, uh, being a soldier, and um, trying to, to do artwork. I, can, I could understand that although it was a different time back in World War II and battles were fought differently, uh, you know I could, I could I encountered some of the problems he would have had as well mm. but uh, just very you know absolutely impressed with the productivity that mm. he had um, and, and what he managed to achieve in his body of work was mm. just unbelievable um, and uh, the um, you know he was reasonably young at the time when he was away in, in World War two and he had a very advanced style already organized and uh, you know I was yeah, I'm just very impressed with his work. You could tell straight away, you know, that's that's Peter McIntyre's work.
0: And what's it like for you? How's it affected your art being in this um, situation of things going on and then trying to
1: encompass that into your painting? Yeah, the army's been really good for me. I feel um, as an artist, you know, because I have a whole life outside of the army as um, doing my own paintings. You've probably seen. You can keep these coming Sweet. if you want. Cool. Um, doing different things. Um, I, but I find that um, the army is, um, has taught me a lot of things, you know, that, that have been good for me as an artist, you know, in terms of things like time management um, and discipline, perhaps also um, keeping my ego under control, um, which, as you all know, sometimes egos and artists can, can you know, can, can get out of control and you end up having just becoming a little bit detached. Um, mm. So um, that was. Really helpful for me as well to understand that there's, you know, you're just, just, just an artist. You're just doing work. This is your life. This is what you see, and this is what comes in, and this is the way you express it when it comes out. That's it. And um, there's nothing flash or fancy. It's just what you do. Working for the army, um, you're another, um, you know, another cog in the big green machine. Um, and okay, so it's there's only one of me doing um, artwork and everything, but it's still, I still. It's just it's no more important or special than anyone else um, doing any other role within the army.
0: So did you have
1: in last because you hold a rank? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so I went away in um, after the Unknown Warrior um, paintings, the series of works, and I got offered the position. Um, I ended up going to Wairu and doing my three months, and I was twenty-eight at the time, and I was going through with. Um, 18 year olds and stuff, um, and did the whole recruit thing as a soldier. So I marched out as a gunner in the artillery corps. I think mm. artillery was selected for me as a bit of a joke because it started with art. Um, <laughs> you know, because uh, they were wondering what corps do we put this guy in? <laughs> um, but uh, as it worked out, it was good for me because I have a lot of family history um, going right back for generations in the army. And um, nearly all of them have been in the artillery corps of various wow. uh, nations as so well. Hence what we're seeing uh, here. Oh, yeah, that's patrolling in Afghanistan. That's um, what it looks like. Well, that's what it looked like then, anyway. Um, and I think it's a, I mean, that, that photo kind of says it all, really, isn't it? You, you feel um, you're just kind of in a very vulnerable situation, and um, that's why I was um, Trained, anyway, to, um, with the army to become a soldier. Uh, I once I was, um, you know, you can't go over there, and and you certainly can't be um, joining any sections and going to patrols through the, you know, and long range patrols in the Hindu Kush without, um, you know, understanding and, and you know being able to conduct soldiering skills and, and duties. I was um, given honorary rank as um, a captain straight afterwards um, to allow me to be, uh, work within the system of the army and be autonomous and have some rank, rank enough to sort of um, you know, move around freely. If you are, have a, um, a, a sapper's or a, a gunner's rank then you quite often need to ask for permission to do anything. So although I'm not a commanding officer I always make that quite clear um, so not a commanding officer, an honorary rank as officer. Mm. Um, yeah. Did it affect you this being in those situations like Afghanistan and you've travelled to other parts of the world? Yeah, yeah. So I've been on. I've been to um, East Timor and um, Solomon Islands, and um, and uh, in Afghanistan, those have been the operational um, trips that I've been on, or, um, missions or whatever you want to call them. Um, and yeah, of course it does. It affects you. It makes you. It's just like anything in life, you know. Uh, when you uh, you travel or you experience life, it enriches you, and uh, just as a person, and you ha- you develop your own opinions of things, and you can um, perhaps rationalise things and um, understand things more. And the more you understand things around you, um, the, the better you can process them, and the better your art is, I feel anyway. Mm-hmm. And the more depth comes out in your artwork.
0: Well said. Yeah.
1: And are you still enlisted in any way or have you moved on to this
0: next position? Which means do you have, still have to travel? or?
1: Yeah there's still travel involved. Last year there's a few pictures in here of Gallipoli from last year at, um, on the Gallipoli Peninsula I was lucky enough to go over with the New Zealand contingent um, so there's a few of me doing army things and you know um, uh, that's I was over there to do research for a series of works paintings for um, the 100th coming up of Gallipoli. So um, I was walking around there. That's a Sappemore Jones Jones um, uh, watercolour, a beautiful watercolour that he <coughs> would have done um, in 1915 mm. on the peninsula. That's looking out to a Suvla Bay in the background. And, uh, oh yeah, I never noticed that actually. There's a bunch of little soldiers there in the, in the, in the bottom right. That's quite good, looking at it all blown up like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the thing is that he was um, worked for the expeditionary force, New Zealand Expeditionary Force, his, uh, to go around doing watercolours, um, surveys, uh, topographical uh, drawings that depicted um, a very complicated landscape of Anzac Cove. There's a lots of gullies and crazy sort of... Um, Uh, ranges and all sorts of things going on there and in order to pinpoint enemy positions and things like that so there was a um, you know it was kind of um, a practical approach to um, art and representational art but of course I mean you look at this beautiful thing it captures far more than that it captures um, you know the feeling of the place and he couldn't help it as an artist you know you capture on on an emotional and spiritual level as well Mm. and um, so he was the he was the first uh, he's a hero another hero of mine um, and he's um was the first sort of autonomous um, soldier artist. He got wounded in the hand and taken out. Um, I think he was there for three or four months. It wasn't that long. So he also painted the famous um, uh, man and donkey image that we've all seen a million times which um, uh, I think is quite quite amazing. I, you know, I'll put this to you, I think that that would be that image Whether it's in painted form or sculptures, which we've all seen reproduced so many times, would have to be one of Australasia's um, um, uh, sort of most um, significant or most produced or well-known images, paintings. Uh, You know, it's something that the Australians took on as much as the New Zealanders, mainly because they thought it was done of an Australian, Mm. and. so that's why. Normally Australia and New Zealand don't don't tend to share our artists, you know, we don't tend to, you know, they have their lot of artists and we have our lot, you know, we, they have their own um, art history and we have our own. And that's one of the few images I think that's shared and it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. Anyway, so he, Sappermore Jones, was one of the, was the guy that sort of patented, patented, or, you know, I feel the guy that started that, you know, and it's, be, it's just become what we think of, a way to represent the Anzac spirit.
0: Mm. And, and it's uh, the power of visual imagery.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. And, and it's interesting that it has been reproduced in so many different ways. Mm. Yeah, but the original was his. And hmm. then something like this, which, very striking, was on the
0: poster that we helped to advertise the event. Yeah. What were so, you trying to capture here, Matt?
1: Yeah, so this is one of the... Um, yeah, I wanted to do something really, um, obviously, um, try something really oldy-worldy. It's on really quite thick uh, linen, really heavy, um, you know, 400-weight linen or something like that. It's very big. Uh, well, it's big for me. It's uh, two metres, I think, two metres across. Um, and it depicts the last cavalry charge by New Zealanders in... Battle and that was racing over um, uh, across toward Machines, I think. Yeah, toward Machines. And that's after they'd just blown a whole lot of enemy trenches and there was gas present and all sorts. Um, was this done by your, um, by your memory or did you actually go by your memory? I, I, I didn't know. It was done by just, um, you know, I mean, the way I wanted it to depict the scene. Uh, but there was about three or four military historians involved in this, and that's the thing, they wanted to recreate it exactly, like the direction of the wind and the way the little village in the background goes, you know, like those plumes of smoke coming up um, in the background, the wind direction had to be correct. The orientation of that village to the lay of the land, I mean, it was, you know, all these little bells and whistles and things that on the ground and around and whatever, and their uniforms. It was painstaking to be honest with you you know it was something that I, I think there was about 250 and, and odd emails going back and forth from uh, historians all over the place trying to and um, I was kind of pissed off really because the uh, one of the my first idea and what I wanted to do with this painting was that they'd, they'd, they'd mentioned gas and I wanted to have these writers in um, wearing their gas masks you know with a big round eyes, you know, and I wanted them to look, um, you know, like stormtroopers, c- kind of um, robots racing across, you know, and I, that's, one, that's the way I wanted to express it, but in the end they, they said, nah, no, no, they, they, they probably wouldn't have worn them. They did have them, but they may not, anyway, so it was kind of, um, that I had to go out the window. So. Have you thought about recreating it the way you really would like it? Uh, yes, yes. And would that be something you'd do in the future? Yeah. Yes, yes, it would, and that's something that um, I I may well do,
0: yeah
1: Yeah, the gas masks, you know, well, that's the thing is that this these things that you learn Yes, they totally had these big long sort of suit sack things that they had gas masks for the horses Also, I found out though that um, the horses um uh, physiology and the, um, the way they're made up, um, some of the gasses didn't affect them as badly as um, humans, and there's other l- little, tiny little things like that that you, you learn anyway. But that's, um, so that painting has gone down to, um, it's in Dunedin at the Otago Early Settlers Museum, and um, it's there in their little war area. But you know, okay, the restrictions as far as history is concerned. Hmm. Do you, um, do you, does your art have to go through, through some sort of censorship filter? Yeah, the, um, yeah. Well, that yeah. Well, that's something that um, I mean, that's a, that's obviously a very good question because it's something that um, that uh, I I asked and was very very concerned about initially. You know, I didn't want to work. You know, do like these um, Chinese propaganda artworks and things like that. Um, I wanted to, to paint the way it felt and Mm. you know the way the army was and is so um and i actually found it was it's been great it's been great the army uh i mean i I always said to them you know i'll paint what i see and experiences that i've had and not what i hear about and 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 try and just try and keep it true to life and my own experiences and I i think that there's also there i mean there are little subtleties put in there like uh things that i feel strongly about and like for instance, there's one called Thunder Valley, which uh, is in this. It's a, it's some guys w- on the back of the mountains. We went up to do some ordnance disposal, where we blow up um, um, mortar rounds that have been left there um, by the Mujahideen. And these things have been in caves for thirty years, and uh, they've been pulled out by all these. Um, insurgent types, you know, to make roadside bombs and God knows what out of. So the idea is to dispose of them, blow them up in, in, in situ. So, um, and uh, it was interesting to me to see in yellow written right across them, made in the USA, you know, all right across them. And, it did, and now they're being used to blow up USA soldiers and the occasional Kiwi that might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So um you know, and I made sure that that painting has a big made in the USA to show you know that there's this um, you know this nonsensical uh, part of of, of, um, of war and things like that. It's just a merry-go-round and, and a circus that um, you know because I know I've, I've been there and I've seen it, and I can you know you know and I've spent a lot of time thinking about these things, but um, also very very pleased to have been able to be there and, and sort of experience these things from first hand. So, so have you experienced the art of a lot of similar op- operations as well, like the Christchurch earthquake? Um, like. yeah. Are you involved in recording them, or is yes. that part of your role? Yes. So there's also some uh, works, possibly a little watercolour I've included in this. So I went down and um, that was another, um, I have to say that was the hardest part out of all of the places um, that I've uh, been to. There it is there, that's the ordinance one, and in the, in the foreground there in the yellow Made in the USA, you may not be able to see it, but that's what it looked like. Yeah. Just, just, I'll come back to that. what you just said about Christchurch quake, but this one is um, you know, in the back of those valleys, and it was actually um, thunder and lightning brewing, and we were very concerned because those were extremely dangerous. They had live um, fuse wires and stuff, exposed and stuff, and they're rusted, and we just popped them in a box like that and just took them in up that valley and blew them up. You know, very, very dangerous stuff, and uh, now I think back and it's... Um, you know, but, yeah, 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 and I think, um, you know, that's why I wanted to try and create that that sort of, anyway, that handle on the box, for instance, that's that, that's my, that's what I was carrying. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a lot of the artwork that you see, you'll see, you sometimes even see my own hands in the foreground. Mm-hmm. But in the Christchurch quake, yeah, I went down there um, about. Uh, a uh, day and a half after the quake and I was um, yeah just asked to go and you know do some artwork at goldie and um, got a truck and I just drove out it anyone in uniform was allowed to get into the you know the middle of Christchurch and what was left of it and it was um you know so I just drove around, drove this truck around and I, I just couldn't could believe believe you know I was driving up like up, um, you know, to avoid big cracks, and the, you know, and then you look around and there's like, it's like a ghost town and um, it just it was, I'll never forget it, you know, and they had spray painted buildings and stuff and there were certain co- codes and colours for if there was bodies and how many of them were still in there or, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a real terrible time actually, being there at CTV um, building at that time as well, right there in the thick of it, when they're pulling people out that was a really, um, really rough time because I felt compromised Uh, As an artist, um, as a soldier, what should I do? You know, so I I ended up, um, um, yeah, picking up a shovel, you know, and going joining one of the TF units out by Avonside, um, and uh, just digging out some drainage ditches for quite a quite a big part of that time, rather than running around trying to do artwork of this, um, which I felt was, I, I, I didn't really know how to capture, you know, this terrible scene at that time. I took a lot of photos as well and then um, went back and, and after about a year did some artwork that um, captured the, for me, captured the, how I felt about the quake. So See? You don't, have a deadline. don't say, okay, this is the subject area, you're going up to there, we need to have something as a result of this in about three months or four months. Or sometimes, sometimes, but for that one I just, I uh, was just honest, I said, look, I, I don't have anything, sorry. You know, it's, it's just, it's processing. That's right. What is your
0: um, creative process usually with
1: that kind of thing, like, you know, with this picture, or so say when you're in crisis, you take some photos, do you usually take photographs? And yeah, yeah, photos and drawings. I, um, I, you know, I mean, I, I'll use the technology that's available, and I think that um, it includes studio nudes, portraits, sittings as well. Sure, it's optimum to... Paint from life, and I think that if I can, I will, to get an understanding of of someone, something, movements, and and what have you. But uh, as in terms of reference, yeah, absolutely, I'll i use photos, reference photos. A lot of my work, I'll work in my own time, and um, you know, so I'll I'll do whatever it takes. Like for instance, there there's the Christchurch one, um, but um, there's. Um, there's some scenes, um, that, that last one in, in, in Kabul, in the back of that lab, for instance, that was one you could see my hands in, um, yeah, that one. So there was a number of, of photographs, incidentally, in that a lot of those bigger ones I do, quite often they have um, you know, 30-odd photos and I'll, I'll just create a file, um, a folder on the, on the laptop and just be able to pull them up as I go, you know. Um, so, you know, a, a street scene or something out there. Um, this guy, you know, looking that direction or whatever, maybe that, maybe that, whatever, and, and, just, and then just put them all together because it doesn't really matter if it wasn't you know, exactly like the way it was at that time. You've just got to recreate the feeling of what it feels like to be in a tin can cruising through this foreign landscape. And this us and them feel like this painting is supposed to do what I feel anyway, mm-hmm. and um, and f- the vulnerability and this um, it's like a spaceship in this foreign land, you know, and, um, the, and 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 of course capture the tension that I felt with, um, you know, uh, there was a lot of incidences of IEDs and blowing up these vehicles and stuff around Kabul, so I was um, obviously fairly concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And um, we've got a mixture of work you've been basically paid to do, being the official, he's you a know, defence force artist, as well yeah. as a lot of personal things. Yes. How do they play off on each
1: other? Yeah, so there's um. that's one, That's the thing, is I always make these jokes about Jekyll and Hyde and stuff, and I think it used to be kind of a, a bit more funny and a bit of a joke, but now I'm actually kind of wondering when it totally is now, a, a, a sort of this, um, this separated um, kind of... Uh, Matt Goldie that now which one am I again Oh, geez i don 't know um, uh, these are some influences I thought I would include this is Otto Dix, the you know the famous German um, and his beautiful works that um, have always been an inspiration to me um, and I thought I would include them yeah so um, just the, the the organic the fluidity the, the 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 when you scratch back the the, the facade. That That is up everywhere. People have um, people, uh, you know, that the world creates. It's a facade, and you you know, you need to be able to scratch back and paint what's really there. And I try and do that with my portraiture and paintings and things. And this guy Otto Dix was a real master at that, at um, at uh, creating what's under the surface. These paintings of yeah. So uh, and you know, really into his work. He was also on the Somme. In the German army, um, there's some amazing paintings he did of um, on the Western Front from the Germans' perspective. This is a um, part of a series I did as well of um, interesting characters and stuff. It was part of this burlesque thing that I was burlesque group of paintings. No, he's not a soldier. Although um, I have done some more interesting paintings of soldiers like in um, recently um, you know like um, some body painting a body painted DPM on on a major this woman um, woman officer who had um, uh, she had as uh, a breast cancer survivor and had um, breast cancer uh, breast um, um, reconstruction and everything really amazing woman who um, Wanted to uh, raise money and funds and things like that, and wanted to use her connection with the army um, to, do, you know, raise funds for breast cancer research. So she had this idea about, um, you know, posing for a body painting. So I painted it in DPM, and um, painted a little, um, little pink ribbon and stuff, you know. So she's going to hopefully be using those images, those um, photographs and stuff, to, f- to promote um, and uh, do some uh, for for fundraising.
0: And opportunities come your way, or you see people that you just admire or find interesting. Yeah, and this
1: is this is a friend of mine, Eva, who um, is um, was a really interesting character around Wellington for a while before she moved away. Um, you know, I was interested in the whole theatrics of burlesque, um, the whole costume drama, and the whole you know, and uh, and this was not, this was not part of a slightly different series, but that was another. Um, stage of starting to get into um, lots of um, multimedia, sticking on things, stencil work, and using, um, you know, a la Dutch oldie worldie oil painting um, as a tool uh, and just a component in, in, in a painting where you use other types of, of media to create different textures. Um, so you'll see a lot of works I've used metal, uh, sheet metal. Um, and uh, signage and all sorts, as well as the painting, just to keep things fresh and interesting. There's cut out brass, and um, it's a little bit of a play with my connections with the army and, of course, the Chinese propaganda um, artwork in the back. Um, and yeah, I quite like that one. There's a really big one, and uh, you know, about what weapons <laughs> are, you know, and uh, what the different types of weapons that are out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um So uh yeah and this is um training down at Tekapo before
0: sorry
1: uh, before the storm and this is another series um sorry, we can go on to the horse racing one. Um I had a friend who was involved in um down in Mosgiel, uh this place called Wingatui um track, uh awesome little track down there. And I did um a series of works based on um, sort of these oh, New Zealand horse racing, and uh, I just found it quite interesting as well getting an insight into horse racing. I like horses, and I like the way that each horse is individual. Um, you know, a lot of people try and paint horses as this generic horse, but every horse is unique, like a, a person. You need to look into a horses' eyes and get an understanding of what kind of horse that is, and then paint that horse. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> there's a horse back there, yeah, and there's a horse and um, some horses and animals and stuff we painted. There's an orphanage uh, in Barmian, um, and uh, awesome little children, eh? lovely children. Um, um, so you get
0: the opportunity to work with communities?
1: Yeah, quite often I try and use my artwork uh, within the Defence Force, um, use it as a tool. It can be a diplomatic tool. We can, give, we can gift, we can exchange, uh, we can do outreach like this. So um, this is what its um, uh, art can do, uh, you know, and it's about um, being useful. So I've done some um, portraits and paintings we've exchanged and gifted. So there's also work going on with the Turkish uh, ambassador at the moment with some uh, for another project we're doing at the moment right now, which is um, it's all about um, you know diplomatic exchange. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were at, at art school, which art school were you at Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I went to um, I went to Elam Art School in Auckland. Uh, I was there for uh, two years. So um, well do you do your maths? No, I don't didn't didn't get a degree. Um, in the end. I didn't do very well actually at um, at Elam. In fact I was asked to leave and um, and I think that's um, it's, it says a lot about my career as an artist. I've I felt like I've done everything, probably the hard way so far, but also the road um, much less travelled in a lot of ways. I've entered the art scene and the becoming a professional artist in the art world or whatever by the back door, absolutely, and just sort of barged my way in, in there. And I think in the second is just tenacity, keep doing it. I just keep doing art, and that's um, and that's that. So, you know. Um, there's been, you know, there are paths that you can follow, and, you know, the, the, that a lot of artists have done and you can go to this gallery after you've been to this art school and then you can be friends with this person and blah, 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 blah. It's a bit like the actor's Shortland Street guide to um, becoming a New Zealand actor. Well, the same thing with uh, with uh, art, but I I just, um, you know, I always did things my own way. I tried to do things my own way anyway.
0: And once you finished up with Elam yep. for, that, for that period of time, yep. where did you go from
1: there? So after that, I went to um, to do uh, portraits. I was doing family portraits because um, there's a big difference between an art student and an artist, and it's frightening the difference because you no longer have that um, title as student, which is great. Everyone loves a student because you're really out there. Do you're doing something? You know, you're going to be something. Good on you. And um, and it's true, but the but. Um, once you're an artist, it's like, okay, well, great, you know, now what do you do, you know, what, you know, you, you, great, you're an artist, well, and, um, and it's, it's, it's obviously, how are you paying the bills, and how are you getting by, and what, what you know, there's a big difference, and it was, it was a sink or swim situation, and um, I found it very, very difficult, like most people.
0: At that point, did you, were you trying to paint for an audience, were you painting for yourself?
1: Yeah, well, I, I was just trying to gain confidence because um, I, I, um, um, so I was doing uh, work for Learning Media, um, doing illustrations for, for school journals, um, which was awesome. And it's been awesome for a lot of artists. It's a shame the place is closed because it really helped out a lot of artists around um, New Zealand. Um, I did portraits and things like that, dogs and cats and grandmas and children and god knows what, in order to, to get by. And, um, and then I started, in, uh, I had my first exhibition in 2001 in a cafe in uh, Wellington, and it was, um, you know, I'd, I'd been working for a while, but was, was not very confident, was very nervous about showing my work, and uh, ended up um, doing pretty well, actually. It was, it was, I don't know if anything sold, but I got on the front page of the Dominion, you know, which, w- on the front page! I don't even know how that, like, how does that happen? Um, someone must have put out a press release going back now. I think. Hang on. How, someone must have. Someone must have secretly put out a press release too, and it must have been a bloody slow day. Um, the, the news um, for news. You said
0: that too, right time, right place. Yeah. You, you just took the plunge to put your in the
1: world for people to see. Well, it's like anything that. If there's any advice that I have for people, it's always make sure that you put the, You know. Uh, put the first foot forward, you know, you make the first move and you'll be surprised at what comes. And um, it's, it's always the hardest thing, isn't it, to make that first move and put yourself out there for, you know, for c- criticism, for ridicule, whatever, but you would be surprised sometimes. Um, anyway, so from there I got picked up um, by a couple of galleries. Um, one gallery, the Parnell Art Gallery in Auckland, I'm still work- working with um, after many years now. And um, different galleries and different jobs. I got um, a, a opportunity to paint the mayor of, of, of uh, Wellington at that time as well, Ma- Mayor um, Blumsky. Yeah, old Blumsky. And, and um,
0: councillor Rob, Rob Goulden. Yeah. Because I remember seeing the painting in the flesh, and he pulled me over because he, he was quite liking how there was a part of it. Yeah. Which um, there was a bit of controversy, and I remember you telling me at the time. What, you uh, know, yeah. What trying to put into the and was—that was, was quite clever.
1: Yeah, well, he wanted to make sure that in the back of there somewhere was um, Mermaids, the, bar, the, the strip club. And um, I'm actually still to this day not quite sure what his angle was with that, but I know that he'd been having, he, he, he was opposed, I think he was opposed, to having um, that the, 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 um, the club on Courtney Place. I think he wanted them all in a red light area of Wellington. And they managed to somehow wrangle wangle it and get the, get in there, and I think that's. Um, and he was sort of, I think that he just wanted to. He wanted it in there, like it was his somehow. It was his fight, or anyway, or maybe just like hanging out there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was amazing painting the guy. He was on his cell phone the whole time, just talking because I think he was wrapping up his career as mayor, mm-hmm. and he had all these business ventures going on and. Man, I wish I'd recorded some of that because th- some of the things I heard with all his, all his mates talking about all these you know mergers and then big uh, property investment deals and what's hot and what's not and God knows it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny as as uh, doing portraits of people um, over the years, some of the situations and conversations that I've been privy to, which I probably shouldn't have. But yeah. Because
0: I mean, you're sitting for a number of hours
1: with mm-hmm. the person, I'm guessing. Yeah.
0: Do you find that conversation and dialogue helps? Yeah, sort of like yeah. Incidentally,
1: to? this is being recorded, so I might just put out the disclaimer now. You know, I really liked Mark Blomsky, and I think the feeling was mutual as well. He was an interesting character, and he was, he was fun. He wasn't, ir- he wasn't boring. Yeah, sorry. Um, so uh, what, was the, what was the question? Yeah.
0: Were you're sitting with someone. Yeah. Have you sat for anybody else before for them to pay you?
1: Uh, not, not, not as much as I would have liked. Uh, there's a couple of times that I've sat for, for yeah, probably probably once or twice.
0: Because it's such an interesting process, whether you, yeah. whether it's awkward and quiet or whether there is a dialogue and conversation. Yeah. I think it does seem to come through in what the artist portrays. Yeah,
1: well, I think you need to get a, sort of a, a gist of someone, at least where they're coming from as a person, before you want to paint them. Um, although you can never really, you know, obviously you can never really get to know someone um, you know, in, in, a, in a sitting or whatever, but you should, you should really do your best to understand them, if you, you know, if you, to try and try and pick up their character enough to, 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 to paint, or at least something about, about them. So yeah, I think it's important to sit down and, and talk and really get to know someone.
0: Is it less or more challenging with someone you're quite close to?
1: Yeah, that's the other thing that I've always found it very difficult to paint um, family members, even partners, um, I think I painted um, my partner Kim uh, once or twice. And um, I, I don't know, there's something about that, which is people that are really, really close to me. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I've always never really quite been able to. Maybe it's I know them too well. Yeah. But um, yeah, and that's, that's Faye. That's, um, she's posed a few times. You'll notice that chair pop up quite a few times. Um, yeah it's not anyone's chair, is it in this room? <laughs> um, oh, I found it um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know it's, um, it's, it's uh it's, I'm painting that chair right now L- last night I was pa- I'm, I was busy painting a nude in, in that chair again. Um, yeah it's been, I just really like the textures of it and I like um, the body against it um, it's 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 an interesting um sort of um, contrast, I think, between the smoothness of body and the roughed up texture of that old chair.
0: And this this was a painting, was that in the nude show that you curated?
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was the first curated show that I ever did, and I, um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. I try and do things and explore different mediums, like, um, and, and give different things a go. Um, I think that... Uh, Yeah, it was it was a learning experience doing that whole sort of you know curating thing. I I, yeah yeah it was it was definitely hard. It was difficult because there were a few artists that got upset with um, my choice of works for the show, and you know you can't please everybody. And and I found it yeah it was actually quite quite a difficult process. I don't know if I'll put myself in that role again. Did
0: anyone see that show down at Academy? about 2008, 2007,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a show called, just, just titled Nude, mm. and it was um, just trying to um, try and get as many different interpretations of uh, what, people, what, what, what nude could be and show the scope of nude painting, and I think there might have been some 3D works and things in there as well, but just trying to show the scope, what, what nude and the idea, concept of nude art could be. Yeah, right. I mean, when yeah.
0: you've got that topic, it ties and binds the whole show together. Yeah. For the viewer, it's quite an experience. Yeah, yeah. So for me, you had you really pushed the boundaries of what you thought new could be mm-hmm. with Simon Morse, an illustrator and comic book yes. Um, artist. Yes, yes. And, and Vers- with Mika Still as well. Yeah, that's right. Artist, yeah, yeah, so th-
1: there was a lot of different styles and, and um, ideas in that show. It was, re- it was pretty cool. It was nice to meet all um you know a lot of, a lot of really good people I got to meet through that, but uh, like I say, it was difficult... Um, trying to, it's like art competitions. I don't really do art competitions that well. When I was a kid, I, 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 I entered all of them. I went to school in, in Hawaii, and um, I did a lot of art comp, art competitions and stuff. And I felt, um, and some of them I did right and everything because I wasn't able to get a job over there under this particular visa that I had, and I. I ended up trying to get as much prize money as I could, so I could afford new jeans or Nikes or whatever what you're supposed to have when you're 16. And um, anyway, so it probably goes back to there. I don't do uh, competitions. I haven't entered the um, the uh, what's the one the um, the portrait uh, you know portrait show here. Um, yeah, I don't really do that. Although, yeah, maybe I should, but I just have, have I don't really do competitions. This is some early work of, of um, of mine. Um, I'd just seen Superman. I think one of them might have come out in the, in the movies <laughs> at that time. Yeah, so that was um, using some of my dad's oil pastels. My dad um, was an artist, so was my mother. So um, there was art things around the house all the time. Um, I was very lucky because, um, as all of you know, I'm sure um, encouragement from your family um, is really important if you want to get make it as an artist. You need people to believe in you, and um, uh, you know, also um, help uh, help you out financially. Sometimes when you're first starting out, it can be very hard. Um,
0: what was it like growing up in a household full of artists? At that point, did you think that was something you were going to be, or did you think?
1: Oh, yeah, it was like never. Yeah, there was never really an option. I wasn't really that good at at much else. I think um, was it, was helped in, in you know me choosing to be. An artist, I think, yeah. So, this is, um, I did this when I was uh, 16. This is a watercolor of, I I spent a lot of time doing these walks up the back of these valleys and things in Honolulu. And it's an island full of valleys. And you just walk up and you'll get to the ridges and all of the beautiful um, walks and stuff in the interior of the island. Um, But uh, I found this cool valley that had all of these junk kind of. trucks and bits and pieces, all sorts, floating around, and someone had been up there before me and poured this paint all over this truck, and I thought that was really cool, so I ended up doing this watercolour. Uh, this one in, was entered into a competition that um, I ended up um, uh, doing very well and, and in. This one hung in the Capitol Building in Washington, D.C., uh, representing um, the state of, of Hawaii, because um, so, there was a representative from each state. Um, and I got to meet gov- the the senators and things like that and um and I got to um yeah C D C and and um a few other things which I thought was amazing. It was amazing that they would um you know spend that time to encourage a New Zealander to, you know, to do to that, you know, for a New Zealander to win a prize like that was pretty cool I thought of um of them all. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and it was at that point that I decided to, um, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll have a go at this and uh, do art um, as a career. I, um, oh, and the, the prize, the art department at my school won a whole heap of money as well, so that was pretty cool. So the, the teachers just were quite happy to make me, uh, you know, an assistant for the next year or so. I just do my own artwork, um, hoping that they would win another prize the next year, I think, um, and get more, more um, supplies.
0: Just trying to
1: find the one with you and your child, because these days, what's it like? Yeah, a, a father? Yeah, so I have two beautiful little boys, and um, it is a, um, well, as you know, um, it adds an in, um, incentive to, um, to everything you do, because the stakes are higher, and you obviously need to be able to pay the bills, the hungry mouths to feed. And um, so, I guess it's made me think, you know, art and doing what you want to do as an artist, um, I think, is a luxury that you arrive at Um, if you want to be a professional. um, It's, you know, pure creative expression just for the sake of it is awesome. But I think if you're a professional, it's a luxury. You need to always have things that that are ticking over to bring in some money. And it's a compromise, you know, and, oh, no, it mustn't compromise. I know a lot of people um, have issues with compromising at all, but I think um, I, I've had to make compromises all through my, my career as an, as an artist. Um, there are some paintings that I do, and I'm able to now, which I just want to do. And I don't really care if people like them or not. I want to do them. And that's, um, you know, I feel really lucky that, that I can do that with some of my artwork. But I do a, a range of little bronzes and things like that, which um, I do to just keep a steady uh, roll of you know bronze edition, you know, little bronzes coming in, you know, and, uh, and selling fairly regularly here and there. Uh, so
0: you work towards trying to create a balance. Yeah. What you personally, want to do as well as yeah. What you need to create. To yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, I think it's it's a crazy um, life. Anxiety levels and stuff often get um, get get quite high and. Um, you know, it's about trying to, you know, leave trying to leave the the your your work at the studio, and coming home, when Kim doesn't want to hear about, you know, how stressed I am about art or whatever when she's been busy looking after the baby and so forth. You know, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, that's that's something that, um, you know, you got to try and, you know, work with. But, uh, yeah.
0: Well done for getting there
1: been an ongoing thing. Yeah, well it is, it's a, it's, you know, art is always just a, um, a work in progress, like I was saying about, um, you know, art is always a, it's like a visual diary of your life, and, it, and it should I think that's the way I would describe art, is that it's what you, you live your life, you take things in uh, through all the senses, and the people you've met, and, and the places you've been, and it's about reinterpreting that and, and, and exploring that, rationalizing that, and, and expressing it and putting it back out again. And just, you know, the circulation, I think that's what it is. Um, so, in a way, there's kind of a, an element of, of therapy there, um, where, you know, this whole occupational therapy um, through art, I think uh, it's, it's therapeutic to do art and express yourself and find your place in the world mm-hmm. and try to 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 understand through art, yeah.
0: Well said. Yeah, Jonathan asked Arts at the Assembly once, when he thought about art therapy, he said he'd maybe get rid of the word therapy,
1: it's all art. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's a very healthy thing and it's great for, um for especially really good for children, I think, um for children's development as well, mm. to get into art as soon as they can. and Yeah. But, awesome, uh, that's
0: yeah. great. Well said. <laughs> We've got five minutes before class begins again. If people want to ask Matt any questions, go for gold.
1: Matt, can I ask you about your techniques? Yeah. And whether or not you'd be willing to share
0: with students, perhaps this is an example one of the oil paintings, how you might go about it. It's all yep. very interesting. You are talking about being an army artist, how yes. there's all these
1: mm-hmm. briefs yep. which you have to answer. But mm. once you get to the stage where Images all yes. Can you share with the students how you might then realise it? Yeah, what absolutely. What cool materials do you use? What do you like to use? Okay, all right. Well, there's um, yeah, well, absolutely. Um, when it comes to my um, yeah, doing a producing a piece of artwork, you know, you know, say it's a um. Well, I do I do a lot of different things. Whether they're watercolored watercolours or paintings or or um on canvas or sometimes I use backed canvas as well backed with ply I make all my own things you know like I make the um, the um, the stretchers I put ply on them for instance I stretch the canvas around I prime them um, then I um, if I want if I'm gonna be doing something maybe we could pull up the inside the Lancaster bomber Um, that's a good example that I'll be quite happy to share with everybody it's a um, so um, this is the idea about, um, it's, um, it's, uh, uh, if you keep going, uh, um, oh, geez, there's quite a lot of artwork there, isn't there, so, um, um, okay, maybe, um, yeah, just go, go. yeah, is it near the start? Uh, it's, uh, maybe if you go down to the right, see on the auto dicks on the, on the right, on down, and then go left here, we go to LL Main. Sorry, L. Alamein, go, go right, 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 there. If you, that's another one, it's, it gives, it's sort of an example too of, of, um, of so the, with this painting here I would have um, taken photos, done some drawings, I bought and drank beer with this guy, um, Mr. Wagner in, um, in Darwin, in a hotel in Darwin on the way back we hung out and had a great time telling me about the war and stuff, like I was saying about getting to know people. That's a really important thing. And um, the other guy too, um, in Malaysia, talking to him. Um, and then this is in a, 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 a um, cemetery, war cemetery in Al Alamein in Egypt. And so um, with this one, so I did a little watercolour of it first. Um, they decided they quite liked it at Defence Force in terms of the composition. So I drew it out on a canvas. The canvas is backed. Um, painted it out with paintbrush, blocked it in. Start with a big paintbrush, um, and then get little, you know, big, you know, it, uh, big a big brush to little, and um, ending up. Um, once it's uh, outlined, then I, um, you know, got the metal. I sprayed sprayed the sheet metal and got it the color of the tone I wanted. It uh, did reference um, pictures. Got to go. You go to any RSA, you'll find a, a twenty-five pounder outside it. Um, so. Do some reference about what a 25 pounder looks like, and um, that's the gun, and then um, and then you can uh, and then I yeah chopped it out of metal. So the breech system of that is actually 3D. It's relief, so the the, 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 the back of the barrel is um, it comes out. So you know to give you the impression of the, of perspective. So um, and then then uh, well it's sort of half done, uh, but it done enough. Um, to, to you know where all of the parts are going to be, then you uh, screwed in all the metal and um, and worked around it with a paintbrush. So um, that's how that's done. So it creates that clear cut look. So, the metal? so that, that well that that this is all this is all um, this is all sheet metal, right. and uh, this is all chopped metal. I use a nibbler um, uh, attachment on the end of a drill to um, to, to drill it all out. And these are screws screwed directly. Zip, 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 because zip, it's zip. zip. Three it's three this is three D here. Yeah. This comes out, so um, you know. It, but but it's designed so it sort of comes out on an angle, and 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 so when it joins the people, it's always back on the canvas. So um, mm-hmm. and there's some other ones too with the um, with the metal work that I've done. So they they have. Um, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of how those are done, and there's, um, yeah, I guess uh, when it comes to painting, it's, um, you just sit there until you get it right, really. Um, I'm just trying to think if I can offer anything other, other than that. Um, there's a, watercolors I use, um, this one here is um, I use a dip pen. I found the line is more interesting when you use um, a dip pen and you can, Get variations in the line. I use liquid watercolors, um, just in the little eye dropper type bottles. I quite enjoy the um, the luminosity of the um, the paints. I like the way they bleed um, with each other. I find it quite interesting, and it looks good with the ink. Um, yeah, so that's how I do those ones. I use a, a latex resist on those and paint on with the, you know those little you know latex you know so and then you uh, you peel it all off and it comes out so it's white cl- absolute stark white paper
0: Yeah, you so you're trying so it's Yeah. Yeah. And little watercolors and sketches and stuff
1: while you're out on the field. Yeah, these are, they, yeah, the oil yeah so these are yeah. Yeah, so these were done in East Timor there um, where 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 that is. Um, and I do um, yeah so so the drawing part something I've always tried to keep up with because it's it's a big part of um, you know jotting down ideas and trying to get pick up um, the impression of some place you know and then you can apply that later on and uh, back in the studio um, I do uh, a lot of wax work so my studio is divided up into lots of areas um, so I do my wax works for the bronzes in another area um, yeah so that's yeah, just I, I think that um, it shouldn't really matter what um, what medium y- you're using once you have a basic understanding of how to how to use that medium, the uh, expression all comes from the same place. Art and creativity all comes from the same place. Honestly, if I was more flexible, I would get into modern dance. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of like um, you know I even have a go at um, at poetry as well. Um, you know, but um, it shouldn't really matter, you know, expression is expression.
0: Do you find the, the skills and techniques you develop transfer over into other medias? Is there any connection you discover when you get to grips with certain
1: things? Uh, well, yeah, I think um, the piece I'm using, I'm going to be doing now, I mean, there's a, um, I th- it's not quite formalised, but hopefully it will be soon, as for the 100th for the um, Red Cross New Zealand. Um, and that's going to have wool in it. It's going to have wool knitted by people, volunteers around, or all the different Red Cross places around New Zealand, and we're going to put, I'm going to make a quilt. Is it, it going to be oh, Red Cross so New
0: Zealand?
1: No, it's not for that. No, no. This one is going to be for every Red Cross in New Zealand. Someone has to give me a little square like this. I'm going to make a, uh, of red wool, and I'm going to, Put 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 make a big red wool woolen cross anyway, but the painting and everything. But underneath it, it's gonna have um, bronze knitting needles and bronze um, little bronze trinkets sitting on a shelf underneath it, and it's gonna involve a whole lot of different things. But you know, that's just the idea of wanting to try out different mediums and things. Yeah, but. Yes, I like the idea of that, especially for something which is nationwide like that. It makes sense, you know. Um, but uh, so there's a big sculpture of Sapermore Jones going in Hamilton, hopefully. So um, within the next little while you'll see a four metre one of, of Sapermore Jones. Yeah, big bronze I'm working on now. It's my first um, full-sized public statue. Um, and from there, there's been um, some interest in some other ones too. Yes, I do. Yeah, the the guys that I work with, the guys that taught me to to cast and do bronze casting and pouring and so forth, those guys, um, and they're very uh, very skilled, very good guys. Who, who um, one of them, I, I refer to him as the Yoda of bronze casting. He's the guy that taught he taught um, Paul Dibble, and he taught I think he worked with or taught Jonathan out here. And there's a few different um, casters. The, the, that's the other thing: the casting and bronze casting. Um, sort of uh, groups and people, individuals and and different foundries around New Zealand. It's amazing that they can kind of come back to just one foundry in 1978 at the bottom of um, Parnell rise. That's where they all started importing um, the the different things to make um, lost wax. Um, They they did um, obviously sand casting and everything like that before, you know, in New Zealand. But before uh, those guys started importing different things to make lost wax, um you'd have to send your little wax sculptures whatever to australia to get them done mm-hmm. um or even further so um and then from there it all branched out and you have what you do today with guys like paul dibble and for instance who who was also taught by uh, you know yeah 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 and there's a bunch of them that, and they're all connected and they can it's it's quite amazing so one of those guys that started at at the at the and Parnell is is helping me with it, and he's an older guy who, the um, guy called Ross Wilson, and uh, another. G- <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, and Ross and, and, and Roy, Roy Harkness, he's still at Wanganui, oh, yeah. but these guys are, um, are bloody legends of um, of uh, and and what they've done in, for New Zealand um, art casting is uh, unbelievable. So I'm really lucky to be able to work with him. He's helping me out with it. He is. He's cool, practical, and honest, and straight to the point. Yeah. yeah. Well, cheers, Matt. You've yeah,
0: seen some awesome things today, and uh, yeah, oh. well, hopefully we'll see you again sometime. Yeah, cool. Well,
1: you know, good luck with your with everybody's you know creative journey as well, because that's what it is. Hey, eh? it's it's a journey, and um, yeah, wish you... yeah, I do. So there's um yeah um, dot com um no goldie and um there's another one too which is a bit better at um uh, just Matt Goldie, artist, um, on, at Facebook. So if you um, want to... We'll probably post both
0: those links on the Facebook page. Yeah, today, m- so yeah, the
1: Facebook one is more regularly updated. And, um, yeah, so check it out. And yeah, I try and keep things... Um, it's usually always about six months behind because I don't post new things, Well, especially while they're before exhibitions. So I don't want people to steal my ideas. And, uh, um, and uh, I know that sounds... R- r- yeah. Sounds paranoid, doesn't it? But actually, maybe it's not steal, it's I, I, want, I want them to be surprised, yeah, yeah. And also things that aren't formalized, so things that um, the funding hasn't come through or whatever, I'm not gonna go ahead and tell everyone that, hey, I've got this job, which is, and then it doesn't come through, so yeah, it's always about six months behind. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Cool, thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Cool, cheers. Oh yeah, cheers. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, awesome.